You are listening to the weekly podcast of Fellowship Bible Church of Paragool. For more information about our church, please visit us at www.fellowshipparagool.com. So, Jared's gone, right? The cat's away, the mice will play. So, uh, here, let's just make this really simple. Jesus is the answer to all of our needs. Amen? All right. Let's have the Lord's Supper and we'll go home. <laughs> oh, it's so good to be with you, uh, my Paragould Fellowship uh, Church family. We are so delighted to be with you. So many new faces here today. Uh, the church is growing. Man, God is moving. And I have to tell you that I'm extremely humbled to be here, but I'm also somewhat intimidated. And I'll tell you why. Because Patty and I moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee, where we knew no one. I mean, absolutely zero people. And uh, when you get into a city like that and you know that God is calling you to be a missionary, you're just absolutely, totally dependent upon him for everything. You realize how vulnerable, how fragile, how incapable you really are And so I stand up here today knowing that you guys are, what, a little over four years into this church plant, knowing that there was a day when Jared was where we are now, and he was having to just completely and totally rely upon the Lord, and and knowing that it's only God who can do something like this as we're faithful to lift up Jesus Christ. And so... We've got a long way to go, but we have a great and wonderful and matchless Savior who's all about lifting up His name so that people throughout all the ends of the earth can be saved and find restoration in Him. So that's what this is all about this morning. I hope and pray that somehow, some way, Steve can be used by God to just make Him famous. And and you know, when you think about trying to make God famous, how do you even do that as a pastor? How do you, how do you even do that as a speaker? You can't find the words that adequately describe who Jesus Christ is. And so I just trust in Him. I trust in the Spirit this morning to take my words and to use those to glorify His name. I want to talk to you about how the gospel is built on one foundation, but two unshakable truths about Him. Jesus Christ is Savior. Jesus Christ is Lord. Will you say those two phrases with me? Jesus Christ is Savior. Jesus Christ is Lord. You can't have one without the other. And both truths are absolutely necessary in order to have a complete and transformative gospel. And today I want us to consider the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. His lordship is such a powerful truth that Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now think about what that's saying there. It says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, it'll cause you to confess with your mouth that he is Lord and you will be saved. It says, for with the heart one believes and is justified. Do you realize what an incredible transformation it is to be justified? 
When God Himself takes the righteousness of His Son, the perfect, spotless, sinless Son of God, and His righteousness, and puts that on your account, and gives it to you, and gives you a brand new identity, and all of that comes by believing that Jesus Christ is Lord. For with the heart, we believe and are justified, and with the mouth, we confess and are saved. And I have to tell you, I've been thinking a lot about the lordship of Jesus Christ lately against the backdrop of this world's current political climate. Have you guys been thinking a lot about Jesus Christ as Lord? When you stop and think about where this world really is, where our country is, and you you begin to compare Jesus as Lord to the world leaders that are leading this world today, And I have to tell you that the more I've thought about Jesus being the Lord up against the backdrop of what's going on in the world today and our world leaders, I have to say that I really believe with all of my heart that that's got to be the best news I have ever heard, that Jesus Christ is the Lord. I mean, I am so glad that my soul can completely rest in him, that it doesn't rest in another man, another leader, another person, but only in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords himself, because I can't think of anybody that I would rather put my hope and my trust in than Jesus himself. You know, in the Greek, Jesus is Lord is actually composed of two words, kurios hiesus, kurios hiesus. Will you say that with me? Kurios hiesus. Jesus is Lord. It's the shortest creedal affirmation in the New Testament. What else do you need? Jesus is Lord. Kurios used in reference to Jesus means that He is supreme in authority. That He is the controller of all things. It means that Jesus is the absolute commander of the universe. The whole universe. He's the absolute commander. Now, bringing it a little bit closer to home to where you and I live every day, it means that he made you and he owns you. And he made the person next to you and he owns them too. Now, that idea can be really uncomfortable for us, can't it? I mean, even frightening, if not downright revolting sometimes. Because it may not sound like good news to us because we instinctively know what it means. It means that He has the right to govern our lives and any attempt at self-governance would be construed as rebellion. And that is true. Absolutely true. So the thought of relinquishing control doesn't sound like a good idea. Retaining control of our lives is what sounds like the best plan. So could we think about that for a little bit this morning? And could we talk about that a little bit? Because there are a lot of things in life that seem like good ideas to us at first that turn out really, really bad, right? For example, Derek, if you'll uh, cue up these.
then the guy goes flying off the chair. Oh, my goodness. I have to say that last one's my favorite. But every time I see the balance beam one, I think of Harrison. I mean, that guy kind of looked like Harrison. Where are you, Harrison? Man, he's grown. What a big guy. So what I'm trying to say was, you know, some of those things seem like a good idea, but they didn't turn out all that well, right? So I'd like to summarize those clips with the following statement. Someone does something that puts them or the people around them in a bad or unpleasant situation. Hindsight reveals that although they had good intentions, their actions were not in their best interest. If questioned about why they did it, they will often respond with, I don't know, it seemed like a good idea at the time. This also is sometimes used as an explanation for chaotic, stupid actions and often goes hand in hand with alcohol-induced idiocy. So those clips are really funny. But the mess we can make of our lives and the mess that humanity is making of the world because we tend to think that kurios Jesus is bad news, that mess is not funny, is it? And I want to propose to you this morning that self-determination is at best an illusion and that even if we could control our own lives, we don't want to. Jesus Christ as Lord is the best news you have ever heard. And I can think of several reasons why. One of the reasons that came to me as I was preparing this message in between my full-time job right now, one of the things that kept coming back to me about Jesus Christ as Lord is this comforting thought, that everything makes sense to Him. Everything makes perfect sense to him. Because one of the most frightening things about life is all the unanswered questions. Do you have some unanswered questions out there? I mean, to me, that's one of the most frightening things about life. Things that don't make sense to us. I had a very astute student who one time asked me a question when I was his student minister. And he said, if God knows everything and God created everything then why did he create Satan when he knew that he would bring so much suffering and evil into the world? Wow, that's a really good question. I sat across the table with a new friend a couple of weeks ago, and he was perplexed with the question. He's been perplexed over this question and paralyzed by it for years. He said, why is it that over the years I've tried to follow God... I've tried to pray. I've tried to do the things that honor Him. And yet it seems like He never answers my prayer or blesses me. In fact, at times it seems like more like He's slapping me around and bullying me. Wow. I'm sure that you have questions too. I'm sure there are things that are going on in your world and in your life right now that don't make sense to you. And here's what I want to say to you. For some of those questions, there are very clear answers just waiting to be found. And the first place I would look is the gospel to find my answers. It's amazing to me how many answers are found in the gospel. In fact, the message that I'm giving you today is a gospel message. And we're going to find that even when we can't find answers, the answer is still found in the gospel, and the good news is Jesus Christ is Lord. Because even when we can't find the answer, and there is no apparent answer this side of heaven, 
One thing is certain, it all makes sense to Jesus. Because he sits on the throne and he is in complete control. And I just want to tell you that Jesus is dealing in matters that are literally beyond what our finite minds can comprehend. And as the Lord, he's asking us to trust him. He's asking us to trust him because he has proved his love for us. He is Lord. The good news is that everything makes perfect sense to him because everything is moving along the pathway right now of his redemptive arc being governed by the dynamics that he put into place when he established the foundations of the world. He truly is in control. He knows the mysteries of deep space. I mean, I I saw posted online the other day that they now have pictures of space that they've never been able to get before and what they're finding is that there are even more galaxies than what they originally thought that in this very small little segment that they were able to take a picture of it was completely filled up with galaxies it's crazy to me the more scientists discover the more they discover they don't know i mean it's confusing isn't it but but the good news is jesus knows It all makes sense to him. He's that big, folks. I mean, he knows the mysteries of deep space, of black holes and wormholes and black matter. He knows the mysteries of the subatomic, of quantum physics and string theory. Why? Because he invented it. He invented it. I mean, he's got the patent on it all. He is the chief physicist of the universe. He understands how one minute physical action that takes place in the universe will lead to an innumerable number of reactions and he knows what every single one of those reactions will be before it ever takes place because he created it all. He understands it all. His mind is that big. He is a super intellect. He is a super, 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 super intellect. And it could go on for infinity trying to describe how big his mind is, how intelligent he is, how smart he is, how all-wise he is. You know, as I said, the more scientists discover, the more they discover they don't know. And in the end, the answer is as simple as Jesus is Lord and upholds all things by the word of his power. And what is true of the physical world is also true of our daily lives. He understands the mysteries of human existence. He gets it. When you are faced with a decision, by the way, how many of you are faced with some kind of a decision right now? Raise your hands. When you are faced with a decision, check this out. He knows every potential option that you could choose. Not only does he know every potential option that you could choose, he knows every potential consequence for every potential option that you would choose. And not only does he, he know every, every decision that you're going to face throughout your whole lifetime and every potential option for every potential decision and every potential consequence for every potential option for every potential decision, but he knows that for all of the 7.5 billion people on the planet right now. 
And he also knows, knows how every decision you make and the potential options you choose and the potential consequences of those options is going to influence and affect the potential decisions, options, and consequences of all the people in the world. He knows it. Because everything is moving along the pathway of his designs and it's all redemptive. Let me just tell you in the end, it is all redemptive. The consequences that we experience as, as we choose options for our decisions are all redemptive. They're all intended to lead us back to the fact that we have a God who is in control and He wants to be Lord over our lives because when He's the Lord of our lives, then we experience the greatest pleasure, the greatest fulfillment, the greatest meaning that we could possibly experience in life. He's Lord. He knows it all. And so He sees it all. He understands it all. He's in control of it all. And we know... That God causes all things to work together for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purposes. God causes, God causes, God causes all things to work together for good. That's the kind of Lord we have. He is a good Lord. He's a good Savior. And so when life doesn't make sense, the good news is Jesus is Lord. Give up your need to control. Just relax. Let Him have it. Because it all makes perfect sense to him. And I have to tell you this. Understanding the incomprehensible scope of his understanding should cause us to do something. Worship him. Worship him. Jesus is Lord is the best news I know because everything makes sense to him. But here's another one. He is incorruptible. Incorruptible. Understand what that means. You tell me, what does it mean? What does incorruptible mean? Come on. Okay, let me hear you. I can't hear. Unable to be corrupted, right? Unable to be corrupted. Thank you, Alicia. That's perfect. It means it's not going to happen. Ever. Because it can't happen. Because He is Lord. Because He is Lord. He is incorruptible. And so another one of the frightening things to me about living in today's world is how much of the world is being shaped by dishonest people. Do you feel that? I got a couple of names for you. Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton. How does Paragould, Arkansas feel about Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton? I don't know. But for me personally, those names don't exactly evoke a sense of security for me. I just can't feel secure in those two names. And polls show that a large number of Americans are feeling the same way, that they're not extremely trustworthy people. One of my friends on Facebook (laughs) posted posted something that grabbed my attention because it goes back to my day. It was, uh, you remember the old Twilight Zone show, some of you older guys? Rod Sterling, you know, he had that he had that real deep, mysterious voice. Well, Rod Sterling is standing there and he's peering off uh, into the future. And he, in his deep, mysterious voice, he says, Imagine, if you will, an entire country so ignorant 
that the people willingly give billions of dollars in order to elect criminals to rule over their lives and steal their money, but they believe they are free. So all I'm, trying, I'm not trying to make a political statement today, but what I am trying to say is Jesus is incorruptible. He is Lord. My heart, my heart safely rests in him. He came, now think about this, Jesus came out of heaven to this earth to teach us about the nature and character of God. And one of his closest followers, John, reported this. This is the message we have heard from him, Jesus, and declare to you. God is light. And in him, there is no darkness. None at all. Do you realize that God dwells in unapproachable light? Unapproachable light. So let me ask you this question. Where was Jesus in his pre-incarnate state? Where was he? He was right there with God dwelling in unapproachable light. In the beginning was the Word. And we know that the Word is Jesus because the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made that have been made. And without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then the incarnation. Listen to this. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. So do you know why sometimes it's so hard to get Jesus? Do you know why it's so hard sometimes for humanity to get Jesus? Because he's light in human form. Are you following what I'm trying to say this morning? Jesus is Lord is the best news I have ever heard because he is light and in him is no darkness at all. In a world full of politicians who choose dark paths for worldly success, that is really, really good news. Now, in my sinful state, it makes me uncomfortable. But man, it's good news to know that there is one in this universe who is incorruptible. And some people may wonder if the human Jesus, the man Jesus, was capable of sinning. And my studied opinion on that is absolutely not. He was not capable of sinning. Jesus was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So in the wilderness, in the garden, at Golgotha, he was able to feel the full measure of temptation and evil. But he was incapable of caving into its pressure. In fact, if there is one thing that the incarnation absolutely proved, it is that there is one who cannot be corrupted. Jesus Christ, the God-man. He couldn't be bought. He couldn't be deceived. He will always be honest, just, and true. You can trust His every word. You can absolutely trust His character. You can trust Him. Wow. 
See, not only does everything make sense to him, but he's incorruptible. But to me, the best news of all is that that God would be willing to die so that we could live. Another frightening thing about life to me, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about frightening things about life and how Jesus is Lord is the answer to those things. But another one of the frightening things about life to me is death itself. And no smart remarks from Randy over there. But this getting older thing, man, is no fun at all, is it? You got to admit it, Randy. Come on. (laughs) I knew he'd say that. As I get older, I see what direction this creeping death that we call aging is taking me. And I don't like it. I, I have to tell you, I mourn it. I, I feel more fully the consequences of the fall than ever before. And I long for the effects of the fall to be reversed. You know, Jesus as Lord is good news to me because... That means that my longing for the effects of the fall to be reversed is more than a dream. It means it's going to happen. Oh my goodness, thank you, Jesus. It's going to happen. He's going to roll back the effects of the fall. It is going to go away into eternity past, never to return again, precisely because... He loves us and was willing to die for us. The one who was incorruptible, the perfect son of God, who could and was capable and was qualified because he was the sinlessly perfect son of God to take all of our sins on himself and bear those sins away for us through his death. Praise God that Jesus is the Lord. Praise God that he sits upon the throne. I am so glad that Jesus the Lord died. I love to think about it this way. He died to destroy what was killing me so that I might live forever. Now you line up all the world leaders today and see if you can find one who is willing to lay down his his or her own political aspirations for the people, much less his or her own life. And if you can find one, you found one that's a little bit like Jesus Christ, because that's what he did for us. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. You talk about laying down your political aspirations. You talk about laying it all down for the people. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped something to be held on to, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death. Even death on a cross. And we're worried about relinquishing the control of our lives over to him? Folks, Our master and commander is a humble, gentle, servant Lord who was willing to give us the last full measure of his devotion to deliver us from the evil in this world and the evil within our own hearts. He died as a substitute in our place, paying the price of our sin so that we could live. For those of us who at times are afraid of the lordship of Jesus, 
<coughs> could I offer you some comfort? There might be somebody here this morning, you've been reluctant to trust him because you're afraid of his lordship. Can I offer you some comfort? Jesus has no desire to crush your will. When you decide to trust him, he gives you a brand new identity. You become a new creation. You are completely new and whole and righteous and perfect and blameless. And then you know what he does? He lovingly nurtures your will by his empowering presence within you toward your new identity. That's the kind of Lord and Savior we have. The one who is so humble that he would be willing to die for us. Now we're talking about the absolute supreme commander of the universe here, folks. We're talking about the, the one whose mind is so far beyond our understanding that we can't even possibly begin to comprehend. The one who is light <clears throat> and in him is no darkness at all. I mean, for sin to enter into his presence means it's the annihilation of sin because he is that righteous and yet he was willing to become the approachable God of light by taking on human flesh in the form of a servant to show us how much he loves us and wants to restore us. And let me just tell you this, when you submit to Jesus as Lord, you will rediscover true humanity. And until you do, you will not really understand what true humanity was meant to be. Until it all falls into place. He is love. And we begin to get a glimpse of, into the enormity of his love for us when we consider the incomparably immense sacrifice he made to serve us. When Jesus the Lord died, the creator died for the creation. The immortal died for the mortal. The eternal, this one, this one boggles my mind. The eternal died for the temporal. The all-powerful for the weak. The all-knowing for people who can't remember the name of the person <laughs> that they just talked to. The everywhere present for people who have a hard time focusing on the present moment. The all-wise for people who keep, keep making the same stupid mistakes. That's me. The just for the unjust, the holy for the unholy, the pure for the impure. Life, how does this happen? Life himself died for those who are dead in their trespasses and sins. All I can say is he, he died for us? Who is this Lord? We'll be spending all of eternity getting to know him. But one thing I know for certain, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus is Lord is the best news I have ever heard, man. It, it, everything makes sense to him. He is incorruptible. He died so that we could live, and he's coming back to make everything very good in the world again. Politicians are always making campaign promises that everybody knows they can't keep, right? 
Change you can believe in. Make America great again. But our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. You know, let me tell you something. He was there on the sixth day of creation because he created it. And he stood back and he said, wow, this is very good. And you know what that very good meant? It meant shalom, Hebrew word. It meant perfect wholeness, wellness, peace, and joy. He was there. So you know what that tells me? He knows how to make it happen. (laughs) All the other world leaders... It's just empty campaign promises. They can't do it. They can't possibly bring in a new world order. They are incapable, do we understand this, of bringing in a new world order. They're not smart enough. They're not powerful enough. They can't do it. But there is one who can. His name is Jesus, and he will. He will. He is. And I want to close out with this thought. Back in 19... 68, I was nine years old. Don't do the math. I was nine years old. And can I tell you something? Times were just as turbulent then as they are today. Uh, back, when I, back when I was a kid, uh, John, uh, John F. Kennedy was assassinated. We were worried about communism taking over our country. I used to have a recurring nightmare when I was a kid, because my mom played the radio about how the communists were going to take over our country all day long. And as a little kid, I internalized that. had a recurring nightmare that they were coming to our home, and I was always able to find a way to escape. That's the world that we're growing up in, right? JFK was assassinated. Communism was on the prowl. Uh, Vietnam War. Well, back in 1968, Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. And that brought racial tensions in our country to a full boil. Rioting began across our land. Somewhat like the recent rioting that we've seen in some of the cities in our country, but on a much wider scale. Well, my father lived in Detroit, Michigan at the time, and the rioting there was so violent that thousands of people had to flee for their lives. Mom told me that dad was going to come the next day and spend the night with us because he was fleeing the violence. I remember as a nine-year-old little boy getting up in the morning, and I went out into the front yard of our house, and listen to this, I waited all day long for my daddy, who I hadn't seen in in two or three years, to come. And as I stood there as a nine-year-old boy, I watched the National Guard And vehicles of war streamed past our house all day long. They were on their way to Detroit, Michigan, to the very place that my father was fleeing. And I remember standing in the front yard watching all day long, and that memory is so vividly etched in my mind because of this these two emotions that I was feeling. First of all, there was this anxiety, this fear that was going on inside of me. But then there was this hope. There was this anticipation of my daddy who was going to come. And I remember standing out there all day. 
And it got darker and darker, and he hadn't come yet. And my mom said, Steve, you got to come in the house. And so I, I didn't give up my hope. I came in the house, and I planted myself right in front of the living room window. And I watched, and I watched, and I watched, and I hoped. And then it happened. His vehicle rolled around the corner, and I knew that was his car. And he came and he walked in the back door. And as soon as he walked in the back door, I was the most happy nine-year-old you have ever seen. And my sister Jody and I got to sleep with Daddy that night. And I remember laying in bed, cuddling up next to him. And all of a sudden, everything was just right. It was just right. There wasn't any fear. There wasn't any worry. There was just peace. You know how that is when you're a little kid, right? You Climb up in the bed with your parents. Well, obviously, as I've gotten older and heard more of the story, I I realized that my daddy was not that big and couldn't really provide that kind of security for me. And I've come to understand his humanity and his frailty over the years. But the beautiful thing is, the more I've understood my own humanity and frailty and the frailty of the people around me, the more I've gotten to know the infallibility of Jesus Christ and his great immeasurable love for us. And so even if all the world falls apart, we can rest secure in the arms of our Savior. And he's got, as Lord, he has the whole world in his hands. And you know what? The world needs a taste of how good it would be if this world were ruled by Jesus, right? And how do we do that? How do we show them a taste? By just saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you with that area of my heart. I'm going to trust you. And as we trust him, then he begins to work and flow through our lives And he begins to take control of every area of our lives. It's not a crushing of the will. It'll be the most beautiful, uh, empowering, peaceful, life-giving experience that you, you can have. He begins to take control of our finances. He begins to take control of our parenting. He begins to take control of every area of our life. And his lordship is seen. And then the world is able to see what the rule and reign of Jesus Christ is like. And that it truly is heaven come down to earth. That's the kind of Lord and Savior we have. Let's pray. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you. for your willingness to come. I can't understand how someone as big and majestic and eternal, powerful as you would be willing to humble yourself like you did. But thank you. And as we turn our minds now toward the Lord's Supper, I pray that we'll remember how much you love us. 
In your name we pray. Amen.